everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Untie podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And this week we have some big news out of the city of Birmingham. That's right, Skip Holtz is headed to the USFL Birmingham Stallions, and nothing else of note happened from a Birmingham based team. And until next week, I'm Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, yeah, nothing man. else on the coaching front that would be uh, relevant to anyone here on this podcast happened. Um, yeah, God, the six Birmingham Stallion fans are about to experience uh, something. <laughs> yeah, but congrats to Skip. I guess this is good to you know see him land on his feet somewhere. Obviously, you know we harbor no ill will towards the man. Um, I so- do. He burned my crops, poisoned my water supply. <laughs> Aren't you just stealing that from an episode of Spongebob? Probably. Isn't half this episode just stolen bits from Spongebob? That's most of my humor. Say nine-tenths of my life uh, has been stolen from Spongebob. What a weird fraction. Holtz, though, may actually have an interesting advantage in Birmingham because the first year, all the games will take place in Birmingham. So he'll be the home team for every game that he plays in. That's great, but the the fans are going to turn on him fast when they realize that 95% of the playbook is uh, bubble passes, bubble screens. Handoff delays. <laughs> it's bubble screens and handoff delays. Handoff um, delays and shotgun. Yeah, yeah, from, from inside your own end zone. Anyway... <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but in all seriousness, congrats to him. And then also we had some news in the form of our wide receiver, Samuel Emelis, who, if you remember, transferred in last season um, from UMass, decided to declare for draft preparation. And this is a little bit different than normal draft prep, uh, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, so Emelis is a Canadian national. He was born in from Canada. Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And so that puts him in an interesting position. He's probably not at the level to get picked in the NFL draft uh, or probably even make a uh, practice squad afterwards. I mean, there have been surprises, especially among those practice squad guys before, but that's probably not where he's going to end up. But because he is Canadian, that makes him more eligible than most for the Korean Football League. The Korean Football League. Let's go. They have some weird uh, agreement with Canada. I sure hope that's not a thing. Yeah, but but basically, the Canadian Football League has rules um, about how many players on each team can be foreign-born um, and how many players have to be Canadian. And so normally, I guess what teams do is they will prioritize American players for their skill positions like wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Quarterback's a big one. So if... If you're a wide receiver who's good enough to play FBS football in America, you are almost certainly going to be a first round pick um, so that your team can then focus on their American born players somewhere else on the roster. So um, Uh, MLS was actually drafted, I think, or was ranked like in the top 20 picks for the last year's draft, but he decided to stay in college and transfer to tech. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go pretty high after, you know, having an okay year by tech standards, right? He wasn't, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't like a game breaker or anything like some guys we've had in the recent past. He had some big catches. Yeah. I think that's enough putting off the inevitable about talking about this UAB game mm. and it was exciting. Don't get me wrong, but it yeah. didn't quite go the way that we wanted it to. Hey, it was a great game. It was a great game. It was a great game. Anyway. So 90 second recap for this game. 
Let's go. This was another slow start from Tech, and that results in a 15-2 run by the Blazers to open the game. But Amori Archibald single-handedly gets the Bulldogs back in it with five threes in the next five minutes to cut the UAB lead to five, 25-20. But another UAB run, this time a 10-0 run, makes it a 35-20 game. Tech starts to claw back into the game again, but it takes a three just before the halftime buzzer to make it an eight-point game again, 41-33. Oh, and uh, you can probably guess who made that last three. It was uh, Triple A because, of course, it was him in this game. Uh, for the first seven minutes of the second half, UAB goes cold and only makes one field goal. This allows Tech to fully come back and even take the lead at 50-47. to uh, there's some more back and forth here. UAB eventually takes a two-point lead, then goes on another run, this time an 11-to-1 run to make it 65-55 to with eight minutes left. But again, Tech starts climbing back, cutting the lead down to four with four minutes left. Then with two minutes and 30 seconds left, Archibald makes, a th- makes it a three-point game with yet another three. UAB answers with a three of their own to get the lead back to six. Lofton quickly answers with a layup. It's a four-point game with a minute 39 left. There's a missed UAB shot, but an offensive rebound gives them a second chance. Uh, There is a missed three from Jordan Walker, which was pretty rare from him on this game. We'll talk about that in a second. That gives Tech back the ball, but there was a minute and 40 seconds left. This possession took off 50 seconds, leaving only 50 left. Uh, Kobe Williams gets fouled, but only makes one of his two free throw attempts. Meanwhile, UAB hits all four of their free throws in this final minute. That and a miss on a desperation three-pointer by Archibald. That spells doom for the Bulldogs. And UAB walks away with an 83-76 to win. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Jordan Walker. What what more can you say, right? <laughs> dude, dude, dude hit the game of his life. Yeah, he hit nine three-pointers, um, broke his previous career record by three. Um, he had hit six a couple weeks ago, 36 points. The dude couldn't, I mean, he missed a bunch of shots. Don't get me wrong. So I, I was about to say he couldn't miss, but he shot nine for 18 from the field. So I guess he did miss half of his shots, uh, thankfully. But uh, he was hitting from an NBA range. He was he hitting was from, up. I mean, he was he was being covered well by Tech, and he was just making the shot anyway. And we've seen performances like that against tech before and you know really every time tech pulled within three within five within six however many he was there to hit another three-pointer for uab and you can't say enough about him i think cusa named him player of the week um just for that one performance and i can't blame him because it was pretty incredible to to watch him make all those shots yeah, and it wasn't just the three-pointers either by the end of the game. It was the foul shots down the stretch, yeah. oh, God, uh, making yeah, all four of them in the last few minutes. Tech's free-throw shooting left a lot to be desired in this game, however, though. Uh, Tech shot 60% on free-throws in this game, uh, and they've actually been doing a pretty good job these past few weeks at improving those numbers over what they had been in years past. Uh, right now, averaging 72% from the foul line, which is just above average for a college basketball team at the D1 level. Uh, But this game in particular was the third worst free throw shooting performance on the season from the Bulldogs. And of all the games where they shot at least 20 free throws, this is the worst among all those so far this season. Uh, Really, when this game started, I thought I was going to have to complain about Lofton because he only hit three of his first eight foul shots. But then he got clutched near the end, making the rest of his six free throw attempts. So really, it was more to complain about Keiston Willis missing both of his with two minutes left or Kobe only hitting one of two with 41 seconds left when every point mattered yeah. because the clock was running out. Yeah, it was not ideal. Yeah, I mean, even if you're just talking about, like, 
those few in the last two minutes that we missed, I mean, if you make those, it becomes, so we were down 76 to 73 when Willis missed both of his. So that makes it a one point game. If you make both of those, then Jordan Walker hits a three surprise, surprise. So we'd be down four at that point. Um, Lofton hits a layup. We'd be down two. Um, then Kobe has two free throws. So we could have been, we could have been tied at that point, but instead we're down three, which, and with 40 seconds left that allow you know, tech has to foul and that allows UAB to kind of, to kind of salt the game away, right. With their best player shooting, <laughs> um, four free throws in the last 30 seconds, you know, making it, taking it from a three point game to a seven point game, which is where it finishes. So, um, yeah, it, it that sucks to miss those free throws for sure. Yeah, it was a huge bummer just watching those um, free throws miss. You know, it, it's I mean, they call them. I mean, I'm not going to rag on the team for anything in particular, but like this, like you got to hit your free throws. We've talked about this for as long as GTPDD has been doing the podcast. Got to hit free throws. Better. It's been better yeah. this year. That's the frustrating thing is that like in this huge game where, you know, it, it kind of came down to it at the end. It it wasn't there when it's kind of been there all this year for the first time since, like you said, since we've been doing a podcast. It's it yeah, have it's to just do like with who's taking those free throws. I mean, Kenneth Lofton's not the best free throw shooter. Which He's also weird, improved. Man. But Amori Archibald, who's been our guy, we won at the free throw line, whose shooting was at 90% from the charity stripe on the season. He only had two foul shots. He made both of them, but he only had two of them. So the more he goes to the line, the better upper percentage looks like. But he's not the one that gets fouled at the end of the game. It's Keystone Willis and then Kobe Williams, who's usually pretty good at the foul stripe, too. But it's just it it sucks. And this game didn't come down to free throws. It was close, but it's not like we missed the last shot from the foul line or anything like that. Other things went wrong. Um, a lot of them early in the game because turnovers were a huge oh, thing early on. There 10 some... first half turnovers, 18 overall, the second most tech gave away all season. And some of those were nasty. There were some actually like you could like feel the air go out of the like crowd or like the like the crowd just died on some of these like turnovers because we'd get, you know, Archibald would hit a, a killer three and we'd be like, you know, the whole crowd would be pumped up. Everyone's getting involved and then, you know, maybe get a stop on defense and then just turn the ball over on offense. And it just kind of killed the momentum and it it sucked. Yeah, there were a few early on, especially like the first four or eight minutes, especially during that early 15 to two run by UAB, where it just looked like Tech wasn't awake. And we've seen that in other games this year where it takes them a little while to get going. But this game was as bad as it's been. It's almost like they haven't done the warmups and they're trying to use the first four minutes to do the warmup. It's like um, the slow start is like less concerning to me, like. We, we, we like I think what we go we we go on runs right like we have we'll have some runs here and there and we'll have some I guess dry spells for lack of a better word but it's the turnovers that were really killing us yeah so I have maybe a little bit of a controversial take here um I think Tech's game plan <clears throat> and Tech's approach to this game from a coaching standpoint from a from a strategy standpoint was the right one i think that we played the game we needed to play to win the problem is you've got a guy shooting his fucking ass off from you know 10 feet behind the three-point line when you when you pull the game every single time you pull within three this guy's gonna go hit a ridiculous three-pointer um and score 36 points um in the process but like you know one one thing 
I got into a little bit of beef with some random UAB fan on Twitter after the game because I said, Joey walk it, you know, tech didn't even play that well, right? We had all these turnovers. We had, we missed our free throws. We, you know, we didn't play particularly well and it took jelly Walker having the performance of his goddamn life to beat tech. Right. And so the next time we play, if we can clean up some things and we play on March 5th, by the way. So even if we don't play in the conference tournament, we do have one more game against these guys, you know, jelly Walker's not going to play like that every single time. Right. I mean, maybe he has another great performance, but it's probably not going off for his career high in points and three pointers in the same at the same time. So, but I thought that the way that we played, particularly down low against Jemison, I mean, Trey Jemison is very good. He's a very good player. Kenneth Lofton makes him look like a very bad player, and he did it last year too. And it's that was fun for me to watch. And so this UAB blog on Twitter, you know going off on me and saying oh well next time it won't be 23 fouls to 14 in tech's favor but like look lofton was attacking jemison and jemison was fouling him right i mean that was the game plan and it worked yeah it's one of my favorite things i know we bring this up every week now but the lineup charts that the stats account tweets out looking at the second half uab one and trey jemison's line in particular uh, starts the half with only one foul quickly picks up two in the first four minutes, gets subbed out, gets put back in for a minute and a half or something like that, gets his fourth, gets put back in for two minutes and gets his fifth uh, later down. The, you just see these little stretches where he gets a foul immediately, gets subbed off, and he just we took him out of the game. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah Jordan, it's not even baseball season yet. I want to use the term sample size again. A basketball game is a sample size of one. It's one of the reasons why Virginia can lose to UMBC in the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament like what happened a few years ago i'm not saying that tech is a better team than uab but well uab is great exci- i'm excited for march 5th because i'm excited yeah. to see a rematch of this game oh yeah no this this was a very good matchup very good game um i wish i had been there um i wish i wasn't watching from my office <laughs> and i could like truly celebrate and and you know and you know truly focus on this game but um, I mean, just to say Jemison's stat line, because it's it's great. Uh, 22 minutes, 0 for 2 from the field. Uh, he had he hit two free throws and got four rebounds and fouled out. <laughs> so he scored two points. It's fire. Yeah. And, you know, just it's not all Jemison. And I honestly thought there were some fucking weak ass fouls that really hurt tech in this game. Dude, Chris, you know, Xavier got called for some terrible yeah. I, they, I don't even know what to call it. They teed up KJ Buffin for headbutting Amori Archibald, and then they also teed up Xavier Christian for some reason in that exchange where a UAB player headbutted one of our players. I, I, it didn't seem like there needed to be a, a you know reciprocal calls there, but I guess uh, maybe Xavier Christian said something really mean about his mom or something. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I I don't know. This I thought this game was uh, pretty good from start to finish. You know it obviously sucks to come up on the losing end of it, but sometimes that happens. And um, the only thing that I think concerns me and Josh, you said this didn't concern you, but I do not like the fact that we let UAB jump out to a 15 to two lead. I I think that's a killer. You can't be, you're playing the best team in the conference. You're the second best team in the conference. You're trying to be the best team. You just can't let them get out to a run like that to start the game. It's not going to, it's not going to pay off for you. I mean, that's my thing is that we're able to come back from it, but it makes you have to do a run. You have to find 
a, a 15 to 5 run or something in there, which Tech has been able to do at times, but it seems like every game starts with the other team jumping up to this huge lead that Tech then has to fight back into it. Or even when we played UTEP and it was what one to nothing for the first yeah. six minutes or whatever. That's yeah, that wasn't UTEP, because they were playing great UTEP defense. Sucks, so <laughs> yeah. It was because we just start cold. And I'm not sure maybe we need to switch up the starting lineup, maybe keep the minutes the same, but start with different guys on the court to kind of shake things up and try to get out of that that rut. But something's not working in the first four or five minutes of the game plan, and it needs to change because we have you said that we're the second best team in Conference USA. Well, one of the teams we're playing this week may uh, have something yeah. to say about that. Or uh, Texas but yeah, would, so, would disagree. Yeah. Yeah. And Rice beat UAB. So, well, yeah. So, yeah, these are two teams we're playing this week that are a little scarier than uh, they felt like they were before we played UAB. Quickly going through the rankings, though, Massey has Tech down from 96th to 100th. So not that mm. much of a change, but still we're in triple digits now, which still feels low. Come on, Massey. Uh, Ken Palm, we were 73rd. We are now 85th. And then the net rankings, the one that really matters, we dropped 10 points from 77th to 87th by losing to UAB. Yep. So that's where we are going into this Rice game. Uh, Evan, what can you tell me about this Rice matchup? Let's see. Rice comes in ranked at 179th in Ken Palm. The game's on Thursday, the 27th, 6.30 p.m. Um, at home at the TAC on ESPN+. Plus. Um, their best win so far this year, uh, again, number 43 UAB. They won by five points at home um, back at the beginning of January. Their worst loss was last Saturday to number 207 Charlotte. They lost by three also at home. So Rice is a little bit of a mixed bag, I think. They can play really, really good basketball, and they can uh, play some mediocre basketball as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to the youth on this team. I think we said a few weeks ago, when we started to go into conference play that tech is the youngest team in conference USA and rice is the second or third youngest. So they have, they're still putting some pieces together and figuring everything out. Uh, And so you probably can expect some back and forth performances like that. Uh, But what they are right now though, is a good shooting team, especially on the long ball. Uh, Their effective field goal percentage is 54.4%. That's 32nd best in the country, but it's the three point shooting that kills 38% from three-point land. That's the 18th best in college basketball. Mm. And uh, preventing threes is not something that Tech has excelled at so far this year. Yeah. Also last week. Right. Also last week. (laughs) We remember what happened. Well, I mean, Uh, as long as you're not shooting them from NBA range like Jelly Walker, man. First of all, also Jelly Walker. I I I just want to imagine that his name is Jelly Walker, like like Skywalker. Like it's just one word. It's not two. It's not Jelly Walker. It's Jelly Walker. I don't know well, why. Now. I always read it that way. It is so, now. Anyway, I didn't need to interrupt anything to say that because it's pretty dumb. <laughs> but you know, Jelly Walker. Just the rise yeah. of Jelly Walker. Oh no! <laughs> Much better Star Wars sequel movie. Yep. Yeah. Rice, on the other hand, though, like Tech doesn't have a good three point defense, but Rice's is pretty good above average, at least. But they've really struggled in the paint against two pointers. So maybe we can see Junior Cook a little bit on Thursday night. (laughs) I like Um, the sound of that. Yeah. Turnovers were a problem against UAB for the Bulldogs, but they probably won't be against Rice. Uh, For one, Tech is the 65th best team at avoiding them. If you just kind of assume that UAB was an off night or UAB is just good at grabbing them. Uh, and the second point of this is that Rice forces the eighth fewest turnovers out of all of Division One basketball. So, oof, that's yeah. rough for them. Oh my god. Yeah, 
I mean, that that sounds like a prime situation for Junior to have a very good game. Or for us to pull them up high to, like, you know, make their stats look better. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, that's enough about the team. What about some of the individual players? Uh, Evan, who do you have to watch on this race team? Ooh, well, since we have four people here right now, I'm going to not read what I wrote here and just pick one because I had multiple guys picked out, but they're very good at shooting three pointers, right? So I got to, I'm going to, you know, leave the big uh, to you, Nathan. I think uh, you always pick the big. So I won't steal that out from under you. I'm going to go with Carl Pierre, who is, um, I believe he plays most of his time at the four, but he's actually hit 57 three-pointers this season already, um, shooting uh, 452 from the field. So f- about 45%, he's making his three-point attempts, uh, which is 77th best in the nation. So uh, definitely got to bottle him up, and it sounds like they're going to go with a, a four-guard rotation if if their guy playing the four position is hitting a bunch of three-pointers. So um, Carl Pierre is 6'4", uh, so not not a very you know big inside threat, but he uh, he is definitely somebody to keep your eyes open for, um, and can turn this turn this game into a shooting gallery for Rice if he Man, needs to. Man, what a what what a non basketball name though, Carl Pierre. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a Formula oh. One racer. <laughs> Reminds me of my alias Pierre because my bladder's empty. The, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, Matt, you haven't said anything in so long, and that's what you choose well, to come back with. I, uh, I mean, I have an opinion on the uh, on the UAB game, but I, I just figured it was one that absolutely nobody wanted to hear. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do have a player to watch um, for Rice, though. Sure, who is it? I don't Can know we... how to say his last name, but I'm going to assume it's pronounced the way I'm about to say because it's more fun. Uh, Max Fiddler on the roof. Oh yeah, it is Fiedler. Fiedler, Fiedler, Fiedler. I mean, it could just be Fiddler. I'm gonna say Fiddler because it sounds like Fiddler on the roof. Uh, He is averaging almost eight boards a game, which doesn't compare with Lofton's 10.6 average. God damn, dude! Uh, But I'm always looking at the matchups that might interfere with Tech's best player, so I'm gonna pick uh, pick Max. Uh, fiddler on the roof. Um, I realize that's kind of a weird transition, Nathan. Good luck trying to edit that because I was dogging the <laughs> team. No pun intended. I can just remove all of it if I want to. And, yeah, uh... there you go. Well, I had to interject somehow. I did, like I said, uh, and you can just put this back. You can edit this, splice it up in post. I I wasn't disappointed that Tech lost because I picked them to lose by thirty. Yeah, Matt, you kind of took my player to watch in this one. I'm also picking Max Fiddler on the roof. I guess is what we're going with. Well, I hate to, sorry to interrupt, but like, do you have more, like, better stats? Because the only one I have in front of me is his rebounds. I don't know if he's, like, a prolix scorer or anything. Yeah, actually, the rebounds, the thing that I want to key in on, at least at first, uh, he ranks in the top 200 in college basketball in both offensive and defensive rebounding percentages, which means when he's on the court, he's getting a lot of rebounds. Uh, but the other more advanced statty kind of thing that I really like from Max Vettler on the roof is something Ken Palm calls assist rate. Uh, So this is the number of assists divided by the shots made by teammates while he's on the court. So basically how often this guy gets an an assist on the shots he doesn't take. So this is, you dish it out, you give it to someone else, they make the shot. This is more important than just a generic assist number because you don't know how often they're on the court or in a position to be able to assist. So Junior's number for assist rate is 19.4, which is a very, very good number. 
Max Fiddler on the Roofs number is 26.4, uh. which is in the top 150 in the country. In a team that hits a lot of three-pointers, look for Max Fiddler on the Roof to kick out a lot to those three-point shooters, and that may just kill the Bulldogs. We're just we're just going with that nickname, huh? Yeah. Well, I was going to start singing If I Were a Rich Man, but I didn't know a clever way of turning it. If I Were a Rebounding Man, it's just the syllables don't line up. Yeah, the syllables don't line up there. Josh, you got any players to watch? If I were a big man, he has to be tall. Ah, there we go. That works. Let's see. Um, You know, we got Travis Evie, like the Pokemon, uh, the point guard for Rice, who is shooting um, about 43% from deep, which if anything's going to kill us, it's going to be three-pointing shooting. Yeah. Three-point I mean, shooting. Combined with my guy, Carl Pierre, I mean, those are the two guys to watch from outside for sure. Um, And also, he's their point guard, so, I mean... You know how Kobe will sometimes just like waltz right in and just take a three from the top of the key? That's kind of how I'm picturing this guy's game, even though I haven't watched a ton of. If he's hitting forty percent of them, um, yeah. The the other guy that I thought about picking was their their kind of backup big, whose name is Melijal Potit. Uh, he's Good six name. foot nine, two hundred sixty pounds. He's a freshman, and he's one of the key reasons that the Owls actually knocked off UAB a few weeks ago. Uh, he absolutely went off. He was Ken Palm's MVP. He had 18 points and seven rebounds in 23 minutes played. And he's kind of kind of a bigger, bigger guy. So I'm going to be interested to see who they match up with Lofton. Will it be this Poteet guy or will it be um, Max Fiddler on the roof? Can't wait for his mom to call in and complain about the surname mispronunciation. Colin where? <laughs> you mean Colin where? We, haven't had, we haven't had a phone number in like two years. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Dang. it expired because we didn't use it. He's just going to call Nathan personally yeah. somehow. <laughs> How'd you get this phone number? Oh, Probably yeah, first yeah. asked me about my extended warranty. Yeah, the computer polls. Uh, Ken Palm gives Tech an 83% chance to win this game. Final score predicted of 81 to 70. So dogs by 11. Massey, on the other hand, remember they're a little lower on the Bulldogs. 72% chance to win, 77 to 71. So Tech by six. We're running a little long here. How do you think? This game will go do you think it will be a six or 11 point victory or do you think rice may uh pull this one away matt you want to start i think we all know what i'm going to say yeah that's why i'm starting uh, with you yeah a tech is going to win by 25 okay that, hmm. yeah um i i can't it's hard to disagree with you because last year when tech played rice twice at home we won 101 to 57 in the first game <laughs> um, and then 79 to 58 in the second game. So not quite 25 in both games, but uh, a lot more than 25 in the first one. So Rice um, this season also, they did beat UAB, but they also lost. They lost on the road to North Texas 75 to 43. Oh. So this isn't necessarily a team that shows up every single game. They don't have it every week, right? Western Kentucky has really struggled so far this year, and they beat Rice by 14 points. Seems like they struggle more on the road than at home. So I, I think Tech's got this one, I think, probably by something like 15 points. Josh? I'm going to go with Tech, but by 10, and only because it's a little too close in the last four minutes, and we get sent to the foul line a bunch. Hmm. So the UAB mode of reverse victory. UAB. Yeah. Yeah. I would feel worse about this game had we beat UAB. I think I have said this so many times on this show, but you never want to play a good team after a bad loss. And yeah. UAB was a bad loss. And Tech will come out with something to prove and wanting to 
play with some fire and we'll jump out quickly on top of rice and we'll never let up. And I say dogs by 20. Mm. All right. I like it. But then we play North Texas, a team <laughs> that by all accounts is much better than the rice owls this Saturday, January 29th at 3 PM at the tack or this time streaming on stadium. All right. Okay. Watch the game. North Texas is currently ranked 67th in Ken Palm. Um, their best win was against or on the road at number 88, Wichita state, you know, pretty good basketball school there, Wichita state. They beat them by 10, 62 to 52. And their worst loss was way back in November. They lost at home to number one Oh two Buffalo by three 69 to 66. So nice. Yeah. Nice indeed. So, um, North Texas is pretty good. Turns out. Yeah, obviously they won the conference last year and went, you know, went to the second round of the NCAA tournament after upsetting uh, Purdue in the first round. Fuck Purdue. Thank you. I appreciate that. Playing some inside basketball. Yeah. Uh, to the advanced stats real quick. Ken Palm has something called the four factors. And these are the four advanced stats that the website sees as the most important. It's effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, rebounding percentage, and free throw attempts divided by field goals, or how often teams shoot foul shots. Offensively, North Texas is above average in all four of those stats, and defensively, they're above average in three of the four. They aren't super above average. They're not like the second best turnover offense in the country, or the third best rebounding defense in the country, or anything like that. But they're very good at a lot of things. And so that makes them kind of difficult to hone in on one thing. I guess maybe their three-point offense and defense have been very good because, of course, they are because they're playing tech. And that always seems to be the case when we play good teams. But they're not ranked 67th on Ken Palm because they're overwhelmingly good at just one thing. They're just pretty good at everything. And collectively, that makes them very good. Yeah, I I think that's what's scary about them is that pretty much everywhere you look on here, they are you know, at least in the top half, if not in the top quarter or third. So both offensively and defensively, they're just really solid. And Tech outpaces them in some categories, but, you know, we also have um, areas of weakness that they that they don't have, right? So um, it, it'll be interesting. And I'm glad this game's at home. Obviously, North Texas beat us at home a couple years ago, but, you know, we don't lose very often at home and we already lost one this year. So that's our one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's our one um, for this year. But this will be a really fun, tough and I think probably a low scoring matchup just based on the way it's gone the past few years. Yeah. But enough about the total team effort. Let's talk about some of the individual players to watch. And I'm going to go first since Matt kind of stole mine last round. <laughs> I'm picking Tyler Perry. Medea. No. Yes to both. This is a ty- Tyler with an O. Yeah. Tylor. Yeah. Tylor. He is a 45.5% three-point shooter on the oh, year. Fantastic. <sighs> and he also leads the team in free throw percentage. So honestly, how could I pick anybody else? And his name is Tyler Perry. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm going to go next because I'm just, I can't believe that Nathan didn't pick an opponent's big because that's what he literally always does. I don't think we've, I don't think he picked a non-center this whole season <laughs> to Probably, be your player yeah. to watch. So, um, yeah, the the Mean Green's primary center is named Abu Osman or Osman, um, and he's six foot ten, two thirty. He plays about fifty six percent of the minutes at the five. But I'm actually not choosing him. I'm going for their kind of relief center, who is a six foot seven inch true freshman named. Aaron Scott 
and he's not so much of a scoring threat. He averages about five points per game, but he has proven to be very good at getting boards in critical situations. And um, he's had, I think, three or four double-digit uh, rebound games. And he's been named the CUSA Freshman of the Week three times so far this season. So um, if he can pull down boards in a game where, you know, both teams are going to try to possess the ball and, you know, kind of limit the scoring, especially North Texas, right? They they're, they would rather the final score be like 51 to 49 than it be 75 to 72. So I think that, you know, allowing this guy to get offensive rebounds would be uh you know, a, a key factor. If he can pull down those boards, um, it, he can have a huge impact on this game. Yeah. Matt, you have a player to watch in this one? Yeah. I'm going to go with a fella who seems to be leading, uh, in two, uh, very interesting, very disparate categories. Uh, Thomas bell. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be, <laughs> he's leading in, uh, assists per game and rebounds per game. Uh, not really scratching the surface for how many rebounds Lofton's pulling down. That seems like a very peculiar thing to be leading, uh, those two things to be leading in uh, rebounds and assists. So must be a, a pretty versatile athlete. It says that he's six foot six out of East St. Louis, so fuck him already. Uh, but he is, a, <laughs> he is a senior, and at six six, uh, it sounds like he's uh, able to play just about any guard position on the field. Except he doesn't. According to Ken Palm, he, yeah, he actually plays the four. Yeah, he plays a Ford. So it's very unusual for a Ford to lead their team in assists. Yeah. More that there's a six six forward. Well, I mean, and Magic Johnson was six foot nine and played the point guard, so I mean crazy shit happened. True. Shit, Kenneth Lofton was a point guard in high school. <laughs> that is <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> so oh, God. <laughs> Imagine having to guard that as a fucking like Future uh, accountant. He's like five foot five. <laughs> just like, that was a good one. Oh, man. A five foot white guy. Mom, pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, Josh, who are you scared of? Uh, hmm, I mean, I'm just looking at the. the, 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 the I'm going to go with JJ Murray. Uh, he leads the team in steals, 1.8 steals per game. So if we're going to have any ugly turnovers, he's probably going to be on the receiving end of it. And that's all I have to say about it because somebody stole my player. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I wonder what that feels like. Yeah, Ken Palm in this one gives Tech a 57% chance to win the game, 64 to 62, so dogs by two. Massey, again, the poll that's been less favorable to Tech all year, a 49% chance to win, 64 to 65, oh, so mean green by one. Oof. One point losses in Tech. What a combination. Yeah, I mean, we were predicted to lose to UAB by one or beat them by one, and that didn't quite happen, so we'll have to see what ends up happening here. Luckily, though, we were able to talk to... Uh, some enemies about what to look for in this game. Evan, uh, you have some of that in front of you. Yeah, I reached out to our boy Sonoy and our boy, Sonoy uh, boy. Miles from uh, NTSN and uh, Sonoy said that he's not much of a basketball guy so he turned it over to Miles who gave me five keys to victory for the, and for asked North if Texas. you wanted more. Yeah, and asked if I wanted more. So, uh, no, five is quite enough. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he says, you know, unsurprisingly, shutting down Lofton early and often is going to be huge for them. Um, Bar right they, there. Shutting yeah. down Loft early and often. Yeah. It's fucking K-Dot over here. Damn. Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then he says, you know, limiting the fouls that get called on their bigs, right? Both. He says both get in foul trouble pretty fast. 
and limiting how many fouls they get with a smaller bench rotation should help on both sides of the ball. So he says, get to the line and make free throws, which is one of their biggest struggles this year. Uh, one of the big reasons they lost to UAB, he says, is because they shot under 50% from the charity stripe. So, uh, yeah, that My hurts God. when you lose by, I think they lost by six or five or something like that. Um, he says, start fast offensively, uh, make Louisiana Tech play on their heels. Um, he says they need to control the pace of the game and play slow, you know, and then also rebound on both sides of the ball. In games they've lost this year, North Texas has been out-rebounded and not clean on the boards. Interesting. Thanks, Miles, for all those uh, for all those you know keys to victory for or for UNT. We are on the phone with Conkle right now, letting him know. Um, yeah, yeah. But Evan, what do you think individually about this game? Yeah, what do you I, predict will happen? I think the past few years these games have been fun. They've been defensive. I think hearing what Miles had to say just kind of reiterates what I think Tech needs to do to win this game, which is. Get Lofton going, get their get their bigs in trouble, get their North Texas is a defensive team, right? So if we can attack them and get to the line, make our free throws, I'm not really all that concerned, honestly. I think I don't know, man. I, I think we win this game something like I'll say like sixty seven to sixty. Matt, are you as optimistic? No, not at all. Um I got tech losing this one uh by thirty eh, again. No. Uh I'll say 67-57. Tech will lose. Ooh, man. What do you think, Josh? Uh, dogs by 14. It's not even close. Wow. Kenneth Lofton just bullies them off the glass, and uh, there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, the one thing I'm afraid of is the thing that I think they can do about it, and that's three-point shooting. It's terrifying. I hate it. Let's go back to the 60s or whatever before they implemented the three-point line, and I think we'd be a much better basketball team. Don't show this man Steph Curry highlights. Yeah, <laughs> please no. <laughs> or maybe we need to show the team stuff Curry highlights so that we can defend better against the. Oh, three. No. But yeah, I I don't think that Tech loses this game, but I think it's a very close kind of what we expected UAB to be, where it was back and forth the entire way kind of thing. Uh, Tech starts off slow again, uh, fights back into it, goes back and forth a little bit, but I think Tech wins by let's say six. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's where I'm at anyway. So yeah, that would be Tech. Having a pretty good week against Rice in North Texas, if you go by what most of us said. Meanwhile, there are other sports going on. Bowling is actually returning this week. Hell the Tech yeah, bowling they are. team is traveling to a first tournament since, I think, November. Yeah, something like so, that. It's a weird and, sport. Uh, GTPDD will be in the house. BB. I'm going to go. My brother's coming over. We're going to go watch uh, Tech Bowling on Saturday, at least. I hope he'll go all three days, but I have to work on Friday. So. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to check out the Texters bowling team, you know, top 10 team up close in, in person. So if anyone else is in Dallas and wants to go, I mean, <laughs> we're going to be there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I believe it's a tournament hosted by Prairie View. Am I right about that? That sounds right. Prairie View A&M Invitational. Wow. Very original. Yeah. <laughs> but something that was original was beating UAB this week, because at least one of our teams did that, right, Evan? Hey! <laughs> yeah, the, the Texters went on the road, beat UAB 58-52, to with Kiana Walker leading the way, as usual, with 20 points um, beast. for the Texters. This week, if I can find my Massey ratings tab, they play at Rice on Thursday night, who is number 179 in Massey ratings. Um, it gives Tech a 34% chance to win that game and predicts Rice will win 66-61. to 
And then they go to North Texas, number 131. And it gives us a 24% chance to win um, and predicts a 68 to 59 victory for the Mean Green. Uh, Texters are 195 in Massey right now. 10 and 7 overall so far. So two opponents predicted to win. Uh, maybe they pull it out this week. Hopefully. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's rough. It's, it's been a rough year for the texters. Yeah. At least since conference play started, it was yeah. pretty good in non-con, but we lost four games to start conference play and Hey, now we've won two in a row. So maybe we're on a run. It's been a rough calendar year. I guess I should say. Yeah. That's it's been a rough couple of decades. That's more accurate. That's that, that is fair. Yeah. And so one last thing to do is the tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week goes to at the UNT6 NTSN, who we just talked to about yep. some keys to this game. And Evan, you want to describe what the tweet is? Yeah, I, I pulled an audible here at the last second, but it's uh, it's after the Tech UAB game he tweeted out. It's a picture of, I believe that's Kevin Hart, right? Looking at his phone incredulously. Um, and he says me looking at the rest of CUSA in the standings after looking at the top of the Western division. So right now you got tech UNT and UAB all at six and one in those conference standings. And everybody else is kind of like, what the hell are y'all doing? (laughs) You know? So you got Western Kentucky at like two and five or something like that. It's, it's pretty wild down there. Two and four Marshall, who we, when we started conference play against them, talked about how they're in the top tier or at least between the, t- the top tier and middle tier of conference, who says 0-6 in conference play right now. Wow, they're so good. Yeah, they they just, they, they're too good to win, I think is exactly. their issue. They're so yeah. good, they refuse <laughs> to win. I think we broke them. I think we broke... Uh, yeah, yeah. let's let's West- give ourselves some credit for that. <laughs> we broke Marshall, and then we broke Western Kentucky when we came back to beat them after being down 17 points in the second half. Let's hope we broke UAB by losing to them. Yeah, <laughs> Jelly Reverse. Walker will never make another shot again. He made all of his shots. Sorry, Jelly Walker. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Yeah, I've been trying for a week to think of a peanut butter and jelly reference, and have I should just call it a loss because it's the end of the week now and the end of the show. So <laughs> I'm just not going to get one in. So that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at g o t e c h p l s d n t d i e. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where there actually is a new post-up. Wow. Previewing a little bit about that Tech UAB game, but also talking about the implications of it and when it comes to a possible two-bid Conference USA when it comes to tournament season. So it's worth a read, even if you know Tech didn't do so well in that one particular game. So I would, I would check that out. And while you're there, this is the last podcast in the month of January, 2022 at least, so that means it's your last chance to buy a GTPDD shirt of the month. And again, this month's shirt of the month is the Go blank, please don't die shirts that go to support charity. The uh, the GoFundMe run by the Western Kentucky Kicker to help in the tornado support in the community of Bowling Green. Uh, all the profits from these shirts are going there, are going to be donated to the GoFundMe at the end of the month. And so far we've sold, I believe, six or seven of them, which is I think around 80 or $90 that we've raised. Uh, which is not a lot of money, but it's more than $0. And if you like bumping us up over that $100 mark or any other way that you want to help out by donating to that GoFundMe directly, all the information is at gtpdd.dog shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Oh, God. Are you guys having existential crises? I'm Josh. Uh, 
why it took so long. Did both of you go? Because yeah, I both went. I, I definitely went. Okay, you went at the same time. No. <laughs> Can you do it again? No problem. Who? Both. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt, then Josh. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Josh. <laughs> and go tech. <laughs> Please don't die. Just uh, real fast, and I do mean real fast. There is a Korean American Football Association. Uh, it has it started in 1945. Wow. Um, yeah, I fucking know. I fucking know. Final championship game is called the Kimchi Bowl. Kimchi Bowl. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Yes. The kimchi okay. Bowl. Hold on. We are, we are a Kimchi Bowl podcast now. I mean, come on.